Welcome to another episode of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast, where we interview top sellers and sales leaders to learn the different tips, tricks, and mental strategies that they use to create sustainable peak performance. Let's get rolling. Welcome to today's episode of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast. Today, we've got a really unique guest joining us, David Meerman Scott, who I've been following for many years as an early advisor in the HubSpot community, working with some of the partners that I support. And he came out pretty early on with this real-time marketing revolution when it was in its infancy. And he actually wrote five books about it and has many more beyond that now with the new rules of marketing and PR. It's actually in its seventh edition, sold more than 400,000 copies in English and is available 29 different languages from Albanian to Vietnamese. He's also got a lot that he's been working on because he sees that the pendulum has really swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications to where now the tech-weary and bot-weary folks like myself are hungry for true human connection. And you can actually see this in his presentation online when you see him on video in different interactions where organizations have really learned to win by developing what he calls fanocracy. And this is actually the subject of his Wall Street Journal bestseller that you should definitely check out. We'll link to in the show notes that taps into the mindset that relationships with customers are more important than the products that they actually sell. As many of the listeners know, whenever we talk about mindset, I get super excited, which is where I'm really excited to bring David on. But he's also somebody that is a massive live music fan and a little bit of a nerd. We might dig into this a little bit because he's actually got a spreadsheet tracking the 804 live shows he's been to since he was 15 years old. He's also loves, he loves to learn about space uh, and is also a surfer, which you'll see behind him in the video if you're watching, uh, although he's not the best at it. But David, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. Great to be here, Jordan. 805 shows. I went to one on Saturday. It's so great to be back to live music. I mean, I boy, did I miss it over the last year and a half. Um, so yeah, a few, few shows coming up as well. I'm excited about that. Oh, what do you got on tap? Share with us. Um, I've got a couple of Dead & Company shows. I'm really excited. Actually, I'm going to Farm Aid in a month. And um, it's near it's near me. And it's um, Willie Nelson, of course, and John Mellencamp and Dave Matthews and Neil Young and a bunch of other artists over a full day. And I haven't been able to go to a festival in a year and a half. So this is as close as I'm going to get to a festival. It's a one day or, but I'm excited for it. I mean, that's a pretty solid lineup and I, I can't get away with the, the Willie uh, conversation is actually my earliest connection to music. My first concert, Willie Nelson, really? my dad was, uh, grew up with his stage manager for a long time. So we spent oh, wow. a lot of time with the Willie crew. I've got you know, guitar picks and things hanging around the room, actually. Oh, that's so that, super that cool. Be a blast. That, I've really wanted to funny. see Will. I've wanted to see Willie Nelson for a long time. And just, you know, the sun and the moon, and the stars never align. So I'm excited about this. I'm really looking forward to checking him out. The rest of the lineup's pretty awesome, too. And there's a bunch of country music artists that I don't know. Uh, I've checked out them on YouTube and they're, you know, early in the day. It starts at noon, I think. So um, I'm going to go early and catch out some some new music for me. 
I love it. Oh, that's so exciting. So talk to us a little bit. I, I always love to start out understanding the arc of your career. You know, yeah. I, I definitely want to encourage folks to, to read your about me on your LinkedIn, as I, yeah. I think it's a really great story. But talk to us a little bit about how have you got to this point where you're at today, where I've seen you speak in front of thousands of people at Tony Robbins events and, and across the, the nation. Talk to me and around the world. Talk to us a little bit about how, your career journey and how'd you get to where you're at today? Yeah, sure. Um, got out of school, thought I wanted to be a bond trader, got a job on a bond trading desk on Wall Street, hated every second of it. The whole idea of being in an airless room with uh, young at that time, men barking at one another, just not my idea of how I want to spend the rest of my life. So, But I really, really, really loved um, the information that the bond traders used, what was going on behind those screens. And I actually spent 15 years in the real-time news and information business for companies like Dow Jones and Thomson Reuters. I lived um, for 10 years in Asia working for those kinds of companies, uh, eight years um, in Tokyo and uh, two years in Hong Kong. Um, moved back to the States and was continuing in that industry. And then one of the companies I was working for was acquired and um, they sacked me, <laughs> which was the best career decision I ever, I ever made was being fired. Uh, and so I, and, and this was in 2002 and I like, Oh, what do I do now? And some of my friends encouraged me to go out on my own. My wife was encouraged me to go out on my own. I was actually pretty chicken about it. I really, a little scared about like doing this on being on your own thing, but I, but I went for it. Initially I did consulting. So I was doing some of the same work I was doing with those, um, those technology companies, but um, doing it for hire. And I quickly made the money that I was making before I found, I really liked it. I started blogging in 2004 uh, and then my first book, um, uh, nonfiction book about um, marketing and what we now call social media or inbound marketing, whatever phrase you want to use, came out in 2005. And I've done 12 books since then and um, hundreds and hundreds of speeches around the world. I've actually delivered presentations in 47 now countries. Another spreadsheet I have, being a geek I am, I write things down in spreadsheets. Uh, and, um, and you love it. And I love the fact that every day is different. I love the fact that I can make time for cool people like you and say no to people and opportunities that don't fit with my lifestyle. Wow. That, that is a fascinating journey from bond trading floor to uh, where you're at now and how you're talking with folks about marketing and fandom and all these other concepts that it's interesting hearing how that route came through there. I've got to ask though, how did you build up that courage and what was maybe that mindset shift you had to have to go out on your own and to really be confident as you well in the, in the beginning, I got fired. I had to find something to do. And um, so I thought I wanted to be another vice president of marketing of a technology company, which is what I had been doing. Uh, but in 2002, it was a tough job market. It wasn't as bad as 2008, but it was a pretty tough job market. So 
I couldn't find anything right away. And I just started to take consulting gigs. And then I, I realized pretty quickly that when you work for one company, it's basically the same as if your portfolio of investments is focused on one investment. And I started to think about the whole portfolio theory of investment because I worked on Wall Street, so I understood that. And how the more diverse you are, um, the more likely over time you'll do well, unless, of course, you're really lucky and you, um, you end up with a stock that goes crazy. Same thing with work. You know, if you're if you happen to hit it and end up at a company like HubSpot, woohoo, good for you. But the vast majority of people don't end up at a company that allows you to grow for a very long period of time and end up their company. You know, they don't like it. They don't get the promotion that they were hoping. Um, the company goes bankrupt, whatever happens, they lose their job as a new boss comes in. And um, you're either in that case, you either have an income or you have zero. And I said, you know what, this, as I was getting into this whole, like being on your own thing, this is kind of neat. And I started to look for more revenue sources. So at this point, I've got speaking fees as a revenue source. I've got virtual speaking fees. And I'm talking to you now from my home studio, um, which I do presentations and I can present um, using this uh, cool place where I show my slides. It's actually built in a bedroom in my home. Um, and so I present virtual, which is, which is another line of business, if you will, another revenue source. My book royalties are a revenue source. I do a tiny bit of advisory work. So that's a revenue source. And I also serve on the board of advisors or board of directors of companies. That's another revenue source. So when the pandemic hit, all um, my in-person speeches were canceled, done, gone. I have not delivered an in-person speech in a year and a half, but I had enough revenue sources that other things were coming in. I was perfectly fine. Just like if you have a stock um, where one goes down to zero, but you've got many other um, investments that you'll end up being fine. And um, so I just love this idea of this lifestyle that I've managed to build for myself. And I think that the fear was overcome really quickly when I looked at it from this perspective of, um, I call it the portfolio theory of work. That is super fascinating as that's what's been ingrained in my head around diversification. You want to have a diversified investment strategy, but the vast majority of us are a hundred percent invested in one business. Yeah. And there's the, the talk that I've heard lately is more around, okay, how do you build multiple income streams? Yeah. But that's still with the focus on 90 plus percent of your time is on that one day job opposed to looking at what you can do on this, go out on your own and, and add a lot of value to the world. It's thanks to help from listeners like you. This podcast can continue to grow and help others. If you found anything helpful in today's episode, please take a second, share with a friend, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast today. Thanks.